Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me again. Before we get started today, I do want to mention that we're going to be touching on the subjects of death and losing a loved one. So if you're not in the right headspace for that, or this just isn't a good topic for you at the moment, go ahead and hit pause now. You can save this for another time. I just didn't want to take anyone by surprise, as you might not be expecting a topic like that to come up during a usually fairly lighthearted podcast. So here's one area where I'm a bit of a misfit among coaches. I am almost never going to be quoting Byron Katie or Brene Brown at you. I've only read one of Brene Brown's books, and frankly, I didn't care for it. She's just not my style. And I don't even really know who Byron Katie is. I did Google her because I'm going to use something today that I've heard referenced as a Byron Katie quote, and I wanted to make sure it was accurate. Here's the quote. When I argue with reality, I lose, but only 100% of the time. That's going to be the topic for today's podcast and my rare exception of using a Byron Katie quote. Arguing with reality or fighting reality is something that pretty much everyone does, at least from time to time. It can be a source of great discomfort in your life. Here's what it means. It's when you're thinking about a past event and thinking that it was wrong for this thing to have occurred. The reason it causes you pain is because no amount of wishing things had been different can ever make it so. Logically, of course, we know this, but we do it anyway. It's usually because it's about something that is or was very important to us And it seems like the pain of letting go of our dream of what should have been would be dishonoring it in some way. The best and most powerful example of this is how it might come up after an unexpected death. In 2015, actually almost exactly seven years from the date that this is airing, my 72-year-old father went for a 20 or 30-mile bike ride, came home and took a dip in the pool to cool off, then went inside to rest before dinner and quietly died. He was in perfect health. He worked out regularly. He had no major health problems. He hiked in and out of the Grand Canyon frequently with all of his food and water and supplies for the trip on his back, which is a feat that most people half his age couldn't do. So as you can imagine, this was a complete shock to all of us. I mean, of course, we all know that our parents are going to die someday, but he was so healthy. It just, it really took us by surprise. I thought we had years and years before something like this would happen. So, in the weeks and months that followed, I went through the usual things, the shock and the grief. I also spent quite a bit of time indulging in the belief that it shouldn't have happened. In fact, most of my friends and colleagues said things along those lines to me. I think it's something we do because we think it will bring comfort, maybe. Like, I'm honoring your grief by showing I also think this is horrible and unfair. But here's the thing. Thinking and saying those things doesn't bring someone back. And it doesn't make you feel better. It actually makes you feel worse. The death did occur. It's done. The person who died is never coming back. And no amount of thinking it shouldn't be will change that. The more you dig in with those thoughts, the more pain you cause yourself. It's just this loop. It shouldn't be, but it is, but it shouldn't be, over and over and over. How do you break out of this loop? Well, there are a couple strategies. 
One strategy I've heard some coaches promote is that when you're thinking this shouldn't have happened, you need to tell yourself, well, apparently it should have happened because it did. That everything that happens is supposed to happen, whether we like it or not. I have to say that approach, it just doesn't resonate with me. I know it works for a lot of people, and that's great if it works for you, but it just, it doesn't feel right to me. I think I'm probably rejecting the idea that I should just be okay with everything. And I'm sure that's not the intent of this strategy, but it's what it feels like to me. So no, it doesn't work for me. A slightly more nuanced approach, one that I like more, is this was always going to happen and I just didn't know it. Hear that difference? Going to, not should. For me, this is way more palatable. I can accept it even if I don't like it. It allows me to remember that there are things in the world that I don't always understand, and that's how life works. And that while I firmly believe we should conduct our lives with the best intentions much of the time as possible, the reality is that we can't control everything. Things happen despite best intentions. When I adopt this approach in thinking about my dad's death, that he was always going to die suddenly at 72 and we just didn't know it, The difference in how I feel is striking. I'm still sad. I still miss him. I still wish he could have lived longer and seen my brother get married and met my two little nephews and so many things. But I'm no longer fighting reality. I'm not thinking it's so unfair. I'm not thinking it shouldn't be. Instead, what I have is pure, clean grief and sadness when I'm dropping the judgment and fighting with something that's absolutely true. Grief and sadness are a lot easier to process. They do keep coming, sometimes in waves when you don't expect it. But you can allow those emotions to be there without feeling resistance. And then the really beautiful thing happens. You can start to think, well, if this was always going to happen, is there anything that might be good about it? I think a lot of times we're afraid to even go there because we think that seeing some good in a sad situation will dishonor the loss, but it's not true. What it actually does is it helps you to feel love and joy again. And in my opinion, that's a way better way to honor someone that you loved. When I stop fighting reality, and I think he was always going to die unexpectedly at 72, here are some of the good things I can think. He didn't have to suffer through an illness. Our family never had to make difficult decisions about end-of-life care for him. And he never really had to experience the indignities of aging, which he would not have taken well at all. He was someone who was always taking care of things for everyone. I think it would have been awful for him if he lost that ability. And honestly, if he had had some sort of long illness or decline, he would have tortured all of us. He often said that if he was ever critically ill, he wanted to be DNR. I think even when he had his gallbladder out, he said he wanted to be DNR for any anesthesia complications. And we were like, no, you can't do that. You're going in for routine surgery. And if there was some sort of complication, you would likely be fine if you just let people provide their usual care. But anyway, when I let go of all the resistance, I can even think that maybe he died exactly how he would have wanted. Maybe not when he would have wanted, but how. He was happy, healthy, and active right until the end. What about if there's a situation that happened and you had some involvement in it and you feel that your actions or inactions might have caused the negative outcome? You think you should have done things differently and that if you had, this wouldn't have happened. 
So am I saying that you should talk yourself out of it? Just let, let yourself off the hook and don't worry about the consequences of your actions because things are just going to happen. No, not totally, but maybe a little bit more than you'd expect. On the no side, I think we need to evaluate whether different actions in the future might be more likely to lead to a better result. This is how we learn. We do this all the time in medicine. And it is the true intent of M&M conferences. Evaluate all the parts of what happened, see if anything might be changed in the future, aim to improve future outcomes. Not to place blame, although oftentimes that's exactly what does happen. But when you're in a place of blaming yourself, you really can't move forward. You don't actually learn the lessons. Instead, you start thinking that you're bad or incapable, and those thoughts drive you to feel incompetent. And when you're feeling incompetent, you almost never show up as the best version of yourself. Actions that come out of fear are almost never as good as those that come from confidence. So yes, to some extent, you have to learn how to let go of the blame. All right, let's get away from death and M&Ms and lighten things up a little bit. Let's go through an example of a less heavy situation and how you can stop fighting reality. I'm supposed to go on a mini vacation with friends soon, one that we were all really looking forward to, and it got canceled. One friend put in her vacation request months ago, but her office manager messed up. They didn't close the clinics or move the surgeries. And she didn't double check and make sure it was done, because why would you have to do that? So by the time it was noticed, it was too late to fix it. At that point, there was just no reasonable way to accommodate the patients without making them wait for weeks or months, which, of course, no one wants to do. So vacation's off. So I spent a good couple of days being furious with this office manager that I don't even know because they should have done their job. But they didn't. So here we are in that loop again. They should have, but they didn't, but they should have. I just, it was so much anger. And for me, when I'm in a mood like that, I generally have myself a giant pity party and think about how everything is ruined and everything is unfair. Wah, wah, wah. Well, once I calmed down a little and worked on accepting the reality that this did happen, I was able to start thinking, okay, not ideal, but maybe there's an opportunity to salvage something. If I have to use those days as a staycation, I'll plan ahead and get some house projects done and schedule myself some spa time. Or I could go by myself and get some R&R on my own. Or I could move the vacation days to a later date where I was really wishing I could take a few days off, but I didn't have any vacation days left. And the end result that I landed on, it's not what I wanted, the sunny vacation with friends, but it's also not all is lost. And... I think we all learned that we might want to double check and make sure all the necessary arrangements are in place for future trips, because honestly, this kind of slip up could have happened to any one of us in many different steps along the way. Maybe that means doing some double checking. And whether you think you should or should not have to do such things, isn't it better to do them anyway if it means less chance of having something that you're really looking forward to get derailed? I think so. I also spent a bit of time working on my belief that if this person had done their job correctly, my vacation would still be happening. Because the truth is, we don't actually know that. One of us could have gotten COVID at the last minute. Someone could have had a family emergency. There could be a hurricane where we were headed. Who knows? 
It does ease things up a bit to stop believing that this one event was an all-or-nothing thing and put so much importance on it. And the reality is here. This trip was going to get canceled because it did, and I just didn't know it. One word of caution. You have to be careful not to use this work against yourself. Like we discussed in last week's episode, coaching can be a problem when it's applied incorrectly. The way that could happen with this general principle is if you use it to resign yourself to a reality that's not actually a reality. What I mean is something that isn't a truly factual event that has already occurred. For example, if you tried to tell yourself that you need to accept the fact that you are always going to have post-call days because you chose a job that has call, that's not a fact. It's not definite. You could choose a different job. You could negotiate to stop taking call. Your organization could bring in hospitalists. When you're thinking about things you do now or in the future, you always have choices. If you try to talk yourself into accepting a fake reality, you're telling yourself a helpless story. And not only are you denying your own agency, you're actually going to feel worse. Go ahead and resist and fight those futures that don't sit well with you and that you can change because that's how we make the world a better place. Okay, we're going to wrap up for today. As always, thanks for joining me. If you'd like to work on some areas where you're fighting reality, come visit me at whitecoatlifecoach.com and schedule a free session. See you next time. Any opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.